Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Israel, as is so often the case, before our eyes and our minds and our hearts again as we view what's unfolding in the Middle East. And we, as the church, and I'm talking about the church at large here, Christians of every denomination, every creed, every, every confession, we kind of wrestle with how to talk about Israel, how to think about Israel. And we don't need to. Jesus himself spoke in parables at length about that nation, that chosen people, given a land of promise, which has been something fought over for literally thousands of years. If you haven't noticed over the last several weeks, in our gospel texts, Jesus is talking to, by and large, the the Pharisees, the chief priests, the scribes, the teachers of the law, those religious leaders who opposed him, who rejected him, who sent him to his crucifixion. And his words against them are harsh. And so they are again Today, in the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew 22. In there, Jesus tells of a a wedding feast, which a king throws on behalf of his son. And he sends out the invite to the people to come to the feast. He says in the text that he's got his oxen, his fat calves, they've been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. And the invite there that the king sends out, that God the Father sends out, is the people of Israel. The descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The children of the promise. And how do they respond? It says, they paid no attention and went off one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. And Jesus has been talking throughout Matthew's Gospel about how in Israel, this is how the people responded to the prophets that God would send to his chosen people. They would reject them, they would ignore them, they would put them to death. He said to his servants, the king was angry, he sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. You see, the people of Israel had an invite from the king himself to celebrate the son, the bridegroom, to come and feast with him and the son. They ignored it, and they rejected it. And so it went 
when the Son himself visited Israel. As we heard last week in the parable of the vineyard, they rejected the Son as well, the heir, and put him to death. But what we see in this parable is a longing from the king on behalf of his son to fill his feast. He will have those who are there to celebrate with him, to share in the slaughtering of the oxen and the fattened calves. You should know that language from the parable of the prodigal son. When that prodigal son comes back, what does the father do? He slaughters the fattened calf to have a feast. In other words, this is the best of what the king has to offer. And if the people whom he's chosen reject it, he will give it to other people. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. If Israel will reject the king and his son, then God will make for himself a new Israel. He will bring those from outside the people of Israel and bring them into the wedding feast. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there was a man who had no wedding garment. The parable that Jesus tells, and really all of Matthew's gospel, and the whole matter for Israel, for the Jewish people, be it of Jesus' day or of today, is what do you believe about the son whom the king desires to celebrate? What do you believe about Jesus. Because be you Jew or Gentile, there is no place for you in the feast if you are not clothed appropriately. You will not dishonor the King, God the Father. You will not dishonor the Son, Jesus Christ the Bridegroom, by not being clothed rightly for the feast. This is not a parable about how we dress on Sunday morning, but rather about how God dresses us. Perhaps you caught it in the intro it for this morning. From Isaiah chapter 60. In there, the words of Isaiah record, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Who are those who will feast in the kingdom of heaven? Who are those who will share in the best of what the king has to offer? It's all those who are clothed. In the salvation, the righteousness that God the Lord himself gives. In a few weeks, on All Saints Day, 
We will hear the reading from Revelation chapter 7 where John envisions a great assembly before the throne of God and the Lamb. It says, One of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Son, Jesus Christ, that is shed for the sins of the world is our dress. It is our wedding garment. His righteousness, His holy, perfect life for you and for me is what clothes us and fits us for the wedding feast. Be you Jew or Gentile, you will not have a place in the feast if you are not clothed in the blood of Jesus. And so, that old tradition that has in many ways, gone by the wayside, the idea that you would get up on Sunday morning and put on your Sunday best is actually what happens in the context of our service. We come in and what do we do? We confess our sins. We confess our guilt and our shame. And then the forgiveness given to us in Jesus is pronounced to us and it's like the clothing that we put on. We come before the altar of God to feast on the body and blood of Jesus Christ and we are clothed for the feast because we are washed, we are redeemed, we are dressed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ himself. It occurred to me as I was finishing the sermon up this weekend, I always pick the hymns well in advance of actually writing my sermon, so I often think to myself, man, we should have sang this hymn this week. I'm thinking of Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, my beauty are my glorious dress. Midst flaming worlds in these arrayed, with joy shall I lift up my head. In a flaming world, a world of war and violence and bloodshed, we lift our heads in joy because Jesus' blood has clothed us for the feast. Paul, remember, if you remember this from a few weeks ago, Philippians, he's sitting in his prison cell. And he says, not once, But twice, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. He reminds the Philippians to not be anxious, to bring their needs to God with thanksgiving, to learn to be content that they can do all things through the strength they receive in Jesus. Because they and all of us are clothed in righteousness. What joy. And that is why we week in and week out, we gather together to feast. To feast on the best the Father has to offer. Not oxen or fattened calves, but the very Son Himself. 
His body and blood are given to us as a feast of celebration, of joy. What joy indeed that we have a place at the feast. That God the Father, the King, in his love, has opened up his kingdom, opened up salvation to all who are clothed in the righteousness of his Son. What to think about Israel? The promise made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is fulfilled among those who are sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Even those who are adopted into the family. The promise is fulfilled in Jesus and all who are in him. Quite literally, this right here is Israel this morning. The Lord dwelling among his people to give them a taste of the feast that will last for all eternity. This is the mountain Spoken of in Isaiah 25. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will prepare a feast for his people. Of rich food full of marrow, well-aged wine, refined. Here, O Israel, the Lord your God, the King, feeds you and dresses you. Actually, I should say that in reverse. He dresses you in forgiveness and righteousness. And then he feeds you the very best of what he has. His very own son for you. And so, we, the dear children of God, by the promise fulfilled in Jesus Christ, with St. Paul, with the church of ages past and the church of this day and age and the church that will endure into all eternity, we rejoice. Even amidst wars and rumors of wars and threats and doubt and temptations, our place at the feast is secure. For as long as we are in, the one who clothes us for the feast. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.